This episode of the Red Box Report is brought to you by Chesapeake Tees. If you're ever in the need for high-quality custom t-shirts for any occasion, just visit www.chesapeaketees.com to see everything they have to offer, including business or sporting apparel, custom slogan or logo design, fundraising events, and so much more. Help support a small local business, and they'll help you bring your vision to life on a t-shirt. Shipping is always free, and listeners of this podcast will receive an extra $2 off when you enter the coupon code REDBOXREPORT, all one word, at checkout. On top of that, the more shirts you order, the bigger the discount. Chesapeake Tees, a small business with big ambition. I wish, and in this village, more than anything, lived a young man, more than life, Hello and welcome to episode 115 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host Bob Fallon and with me is Joel Fallon. Hello. What are we reviewing this week? This week we're going to get a musical theme. I know you guys are very excited. As we are. Yes, we were totally excited going into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to start with Into the Woods. It's a, it is a Disney movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, then we're going to go I with think the classic. So. Actually, now I'm second I guessing. think I saw Disney in the beginning. I just assumed with all the, the Grimm, Brothers Grimm type yeah. stories, it would be them. Second, we'll go to Hairspray, uh, the classic, not the remake. The or 1988 whatever. John Waters. Actually made in Baltimore, so. And then we will do our top five musicals. Yes. Of all time. Of all time. All time. Because <laughs> we've seen so many. More than five, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, so Into the Woods. This is the. Based off a Stephen Sondheim musical, which apparently is pretty popular on stage and on Broadway. It just is about all the grim fairy tales coming together, like, as if they live all in the same world with Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood, Jack and the Beanstalk, Rapunzel, all these type characters, Prince Charming. And then it has their own original kind of fairy tale that gives them sort of an excuse to weave... Yes. All these other tales into the same story. The baker and his wife. Yeah, I didn't. Re- I kept trying to think, like, what could this be? The only thing I thought it maybe could have vaguely been is the um, Hensel and Gretel sort of mm. thing, just baking. I didn't Plus, initially in the movie realize they were like married. I just assumed they were family, but I didn't. But yeah, anyway. I didn't know. If they were supposed to be representative of somebody else, but no, I'm pretty sure they're just completely original. Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't even bother to name them. Yeah. Baker and Baker's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you read the stage play, I'm sure that's what it would say. (laughs) And there's also Meryl Streep as the blue-haired witch. I forget her name. (laughs) but Yeah, basically, she. I guess the witch would probably be an original character, too, but they. a lot of these movies use witches... Yeah. story so she's sort of the filler for all of them mm-hmm. but basically the baker's wife can't be get pregnant 
Well, actually, I think it's actually Meryl Streep's fault that she can't get pregnant, but she says, I'll allow it to happen if you can go collect me these items. Uh, Red Riding Hood's hood, <laughs> Jack's beans, Rapunzel's hair, and Cinderella's slipper. But she doesn't say it up front like and that. It's like in a riddle. The oh, yeah. The, it's, it's the cow, not the beans. And they don't say it like it's like a cloak as red as blood or a golden hair. Yeah. And, you know. The color of straw. Or yeah. Whatever. But yeah. So then they go on a mission and they break out in song every chance they get <laughs> <laughs> along, these, along the way. So, what? It, you're not into musicals, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean... And there's different kinds of musicals. This is a definitely straight up, pretty much everything is sung. Yeah. You're speaking... Uh, some are like mid in the movie that kind of explain things for a little while. I don't know, I feel like they get it out of the way so they can just start singing their hearts <laughs> out for yeah. a while longer. It's one of those where instead they're not going to talk about they're just going to sing their sentences to each other <laughs> um, not my favorite type of movie so I was going in a little skeptical yeah I was not excited about watching this movie but I mean it was pretty well critically acclaimed and after watching or looking at the, the actor list I was like ah, uh, maybe this will be decent yeah. at least the acting probably shouldn't be bad yeah I actually saw it in theaters by accident uh, when it came out in December or <laughs> January. I saw it in January, but went to see Paddington, which we'll probably be reviewing in a month or so, and and that was sold out. So we went to see Into the Woods instead because it was the only other PG-rated movie available. <laughs> and uh, my daughter, she actually three years old, sat through the entire thing over two hours long. And I was pleasantly surprised. I I enjoyed the movie. Didn't I, love I, it. But... I gotta agree with you. I, I feel very similar. I I still don't like musicals, <laughs> but it was it was a decent watch. Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty cool songs in here. Some decent music. A pretty pretty cool premise, if you ask. Yeah, me. I, I enjoyed the the overall story. Yeah, growing up with the Disney movies and seeing these characters. It was fun for me just to see a world where they're all, like, intermingling together. and Yeah, I kept finding myself saying, okay, well, how are they going to fit this part of yeah. this person's story into the movie? Yeah, and it was... And they went some dark places, which was pretty cool. Was surprising. Which I like because their stories are supposed to be slightly dark. Yeah, the original they're supposed to teach tales lessons and all. are way darker than the Disney movies. From what I hear, <laughs> but um, yeah. What did, what did you think of the actual music part of the music? Um, some of it I kind of enjoyed, and then the, I don't want to say dumbed down. It was not dumbed down at all, but just some of the things could have been done with a simple sentence, and they drag it out into a two-minute song. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I actually um, enjoyed the Prince's song a little bit. Well, when he's with his brother? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was Prince Charming, played by Chris Pratt. And then, I can't remember the other guy's name, but I think he was in Fired Up, that cheerleading movie. <laughs> they were pretty funny together. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, the, it's a soundtrack that I'm not would never listen to by itself. I'm not going to sit down and listen to it. You know? Yeah, they're not like standalone songs by any means. But with but. what's going on on screen, it it does a pretty decent job of telling the story and the music. It's not too bad once you're seeing everything that's happening at the same yeah, time. Yeah, once you get into the movie and it it's starts part of going, the story. it doesn't really feel like, I don't know, out of place, I guess you could yeah. say. It fits. I, swear, I do like the opening song. It's uh, where they all the different characters like say I uh, wish something and then yeah, they yeah. say what they wish I'd, I'd have to say that was probably my favorite yeah. song of and it's mixed in with like the narrator talking and it was a pretty good job of getting to know all the characters right up front in the beginning what their goals are and just getting the story going yeah uh, but what did you think of the characters individually. You had Cinderella played by Anna Kendrick, Little Red Riding Hood. I don't know who she was, but Johnny Depp played the the big bad wolf yeah. in her section. You had Jack and the Beanstalk. Rapunzel was Elle Fanning, right? Yeah, yeah. And I liked the characters, but some are clearly more important than others. Like... Yes, the baker and his wife. Emily Blunt played the wife. I don't know the guy. Yeah, I don't know his name. I like I that. love Emily Blunt. She's, yeah, I, I she's a great actress. Yeah. I think she was probably overall I think the most well rounded. Yeah. Um, maybe I don't know character but actor actress. And maybe because she's the original character and they weren't confined by trying to fit within the rules of the tales that have come before. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, like for instance Rapunzel Barely in Not it. Not much doing there. Yeah. Um, even Little Red Riding Hood was kind of... Later in the movie, a little more so, but... One of my least favorite parts, though. Yeah. Little I Red agree. Riding Hood. And mostly because Johnny Depp. Yeah. To it, me, he's horrendous in this. Yeah, movie. I didn't enjoy it. And especially because when hearing about this movie, all I heard was Johnny Depp's going to be... The Big Bad Wolf. Yeah. And, I didn't get it. Two minutes of screen time. Screen I didn't time, get it at all. Johnny Depp has really fallen off the face of the earth for me. <laughs> He's always the worst part in every movie I see nowadays. He does nothing but crazy out there, goofy performances. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's sort of what made him famous, but it's just like he takes the biggest paycheck. Seems like it, certainly. For I mean, I'm not trying to judge a guy for making money by any means, but... You just look and back. I even like the Caribbean movies more than most, but look back at Blow, Donnie Brasco. Oh, he was yeah. like awesome. And I'm but, not even trying to hate on him from doing more children-y kind of things. It's just he needs to stay away from Tim Burton. First off, yeah, that's another person that I I never was super high on Tim Burton, but I don't know. There's, this movie's pretty much crap now. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the Big Bad Wolf. So creepy. Yeah. Basically, the undertones are that he's going to rape this little yeah, girl. Yeah, sort of a child molester type thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's obviously could be done well, but in this movie, I didn't think it really was. I do like how they kind of stuck with the original version of Red Riding Hood, though. It was slightly violent. Yeah. You know? I don't, I don't understand why is he a human with, like, wolf ears. Yeah. 
Uh, and they did a good job with like the giant and yeah. all, you know. It's... But I think my only assumption is that because it started off as a stage play, that they want, and I'm sure that's how it looks in the stage play. Maybe they're trying to have a little, I don't know, symmetry between that to yeah, give a, give that. an ode to that it's a, it is a play. So have him dressed up like they would in the play, but this is a movie. You're, yeah. you're adapting into a movie. Let's take advantage of the things and you the can. The special effects are fantastic. Yeah, really. the Jack and the Beanstalk stuff I thought was pretty cool, actually. Actually, one of my favorite parts of the movie was the land they lived in, the whole... All these stories are German fairy tales. They're essentially out of, uh, I think they call it the Black Forest. And back then, it's it used to be a massive, massive forest that was so congested, it was dark. So I understand where these things came from. And I do like the whole lost, you sort of know where you're going, you sort of don't in the woods. Mm-hmm. And I thought they represented it really well. Yeah, and then, yeah, like I said, Jack and the Beanstalk is probably my favorite part of the movie. I just thought that kid was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he was. And that's when the special effects shown, you know, they really shirt off what they could do a little bit. I don't think the effects were amazing, but pretty good for what I expected. I thought um, Cinderella also, one of the stronger characters yeah. in the movie. Anna Kendrick, she's a really good actress, and she pulled it off. Actually, I just saw recently the new Disney Cinderella movie, and not too far apart, you know. Yeah, I liked um, Definitely like the story's representation even better than, like, the movie you say or like the old cartoon yeah I don't think it was a glass slipper you know it was over three days and not one night right and then she didn't just like poof out of a yeah but I mean they had to make it a little more realistic to go yeah I I like the more realistic direction I like this and I I complain about this a lot dumbing down things for kids like I like how they actually tried to represent I mean, for the best fairy tale can, real life, like real, like people die. Yeah, and people do die. Slight, I mean, how many times have Red, Red Riding Hood pull a knife on someone? Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And uh, I, actually, I do prefer the new Cinderella that's in theaters now to this iteration of Cinderella, but this was pretty good too. Yeah, I haven't seen the uh, yeah. newer one. This is definitely more ground-based. It was, it was a golden shoe. Right? Yeah, and this. Yeah, and again, they all intermingle at some point. Chris Pratt, uh, not Chris Pratt, Chris Pine was pretty good as Prince Charlie. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked him too. I Especially mean, since he's not perfect. Like, yeah. you see that he's spoiled, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he is a good guy, but he's human. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really enjoyed how the third act... Like, up until the third act, everything's just fairy tale as you would expect, and then shit hits the fan, everything starts going wrong and going dark. Yeah, I mean, I did like the third act, but There's death. I did think the uh, movie was a bit drawn out. It's just over two hours long. Oh, it's way too long. Yeah. <laughs> but I, the fact that it gets into infidelity, murder, death, betrayal, yeah. that is what I enjoyed. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think they could have cut some, some uh, weight from the middle of the movie. Yeah, 
It's really bloated. My first impression actually was, wow, this movie should have ended at the second act. But after watching the third act, I was like, wow, this is actually one of the stronger points. But something, I wouldn't have taken a nap out, but I would have trimmed the fat off the edges probably a little bit of all of them. Yeah, it feels way bloated. I mean, you really feel the runtime. It's not like a two hours where you're like, oh, that was two hours? It felt shorter. You feel every bit of it. (laughs) And I mean... Not that it's not enjoyable. Yeah, it didn't kill me. Or anything, but it was just like, man, a movie that's just like a fairy tale musical. Why is yeah. it still going on so long? You know, just in the back of your mind, it's weighing on you. Like I was telling you a little bit earlier, I was reading about the screenwriter, and, um, just bits and pieces, and they said they purposely the point of it is it's not necessarily hap- happily ever after, and it's not. These simple lessons that you learn from the other ones is bigger picture, like um, like overprotection of your children is one, and it's kind of reiterated in Cinderella and Rapunzel, where like yeah, yeah, the world's a big scary place, but if you lock someone up, figurative or literally, they're not ready for the world, so it's sort of a snowball effect. But I like the tone that they shared with some of these, like. Anything can happen. You you can't control the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? At a certain point, you gotta... Whatever it's well, gonna be, it's gonna be. You gotta let the bird out of the nest. Yeah. You know? And, like, some other things. Um, like, uh, the traditional family isn't necessarily the only way or the right way. Like, it takes a village. and More so at the end of the movie, you yeah. start realizing yeah. that it's... And there was another one specifically. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, I forgot to mention that the witch is Rapunzel's mom. So, is that the same witch that's yeah, in Rapunzel? Yeah, uh, isn't it... Actually, isn't Rapunzel... Doesn't she mention in the beginning that... Rapunzel or someone is the baker's sister? Or did she say brother? I'm not sure. It's she said so she's kidnapped. Since I've seen or it. Or something, one of... Yeah, the witch kidnapped her. His siblings. I yeah. can't remember yeah, exactly can't remember what either. that is, but... Sounds familiar. It's been a few months. So yeah. This isn't one that stuck with me too strongly, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. And then we had talked about before we started how it is interesting how there's an infidelity and only one gender is killed <laughs> yeah. as punishment, uh, theoretically. Yeah. I read someone complaining about it and I don't, I didn't. Maybe it's just because I'm a guy, but I don't think it was, like, malicious with by any It is means. interesting, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think about it at the time either, but I can see how All that... I'll say is it's sort of a feminism thing, and sure, there it's not always equal, especially in the movies, but I don't know. I felt like they were just complaining because... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it would have made sense for anyone else to be in the same shoes and that too have happened. Yeah. I don't know. This is an interesting point, I thought. Yeah, and like the script person said it had nothing to do with that. It just, it was the most logical someone had to go and it was the most logical way to do it. And like I said, to teach that story, I said that 
Like, it takes a village to be a family. It doesn't necessarily mean actual family. Yeah. So. Yep. Well, that's all I got on this. Yeah, I mean, it's a long movie. We could nitpick things, but it really doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I say if you like musicals, give it a shot. If you like these fairy tales, give it a shot. Yeah. Otherwise, you're good. Yeah, I mean, if it's all in one day, you might want to check it out, but I don't know. I wouldn't go out of my way. I gave it a six and a half out of ten. Yeah. I'm going to give it a soft seven, just because how much I don't like musicals. <laughs> and I enjoyed it, you know? Like, yeah. I sat, could sit through it and watch it. I heard that. Well, let's move on to the classic musical that we're going to review in the film club segment. That is Hairspray, the John Waters film, 1988, starring Ricky Lake, and uh, I don't know anyone else. But um, Divine. Is that who was... That the, is actually the actor's name. Um, what's her name in the movie? Turnblad? Or is that the, the mom? That's the, um, whatever, the transgender yeah. person in the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's set in Baltimore. It's like, uh, I don't know. This is based it's in the 60s. Just a little 60s, 70s. The 60s, early 60s, I think. Yeah, a time where there's this TV program where the kids are dancing to music, and uh, I don't know. Explain it to me. Um, it's. The TV show is, I think, based off of something. It's sort of along out of the lines of. Love the name of the show. <laughs> the Corny Collins show. Corny Collins, yeah. That's <laughs> just so on the nose. That was perfect. I th- it variety shows used to be more popular back then. And is this it is like a, MTV yeah. and Bob Newhart. No, what's um, that one where the Beatles yeah, premiered? What's his name? It's not John not Bob Carson. Newhart. It's Eddie something. Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. Yeah, show. it's sort of the Ed Sullivan, but it's more music yeah. than anything else. And John Waters is really good at these parodies. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's, maybe he like, not everyone knows his name, but he's like a director's director, or, you know what I mean? Like, it's someone who, in the, someone in the industry. He has his own style. That's yeah, absolutely. Sure. Oh, yeah, but the movie is about this bigger-boned girl who gets on the show. What do they say? Pleasantly plump. Yeah. <laughs> She's not popular in school, but then she gets on the show, comes into her own, and becomes, not famous, but popular, and... And reaches a certain level of fame that puts her ahead of where she was. Yeah. And I basically, I think the moral of the story is, don't let uh, fame go to your head. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, John Waters, he's he's definitely an interesting director. I saw Serial Mom uh, late last year. That's like a really funny parody type movie. You know, yeah. He does, and his parody movies are like, making fun of certain aspects of things but also appreciating it at the same time because you can tell yeah, he appreciates so different it's, it's so beat but touch of darkness oh, yeah. you know what it's I mean so it's, weird. It's, it's hard to put your finger on yeah and ultimately this movie is bizarre but I, I really enjoyed it yeah I I <laughs> was seen a fun, this movie years ago fun easy ones we're from Baltimore you know 
I never realized initially I knew Hairspray was super famous as a musical yeah. and Broadway and all that. I had no idea John Waters. Yeah. They actually premiered it at uh, the Senator, which is like 10, 15 minutes away from here right now. Mm-hmm. It's, actually, if you're ever in Baltimore, it's definitely it's, worth... It's a cool theater. Yeah, it's old. Yeah. They got balconies. I think it, originally it was like before... Sound as in movies, there's a spot for a band to play. Yeah, it's a pretty big screen, too. I saw Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King. There, I saw Harry Potter, uh, and the Deathly Hollows Part One. There as well. I can't, uh, Gromit, something Wallace Gromit. and Gromit. Yeah, I saw that there. Just someone took me, right? Yeah, it was a <laughs> bad movie, by the way. Oh, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> But Ricky Lake, how about yeah, I that? never knew it was Ricky Lake until I was... Yeah. Because I just remember her as a talk show before The Simpsons came on <laughs> every yeah. day after, in like the late afternoon after school. I guess she's from Baltimore then, probably. Yeah, I, yeah we must really put out talk show people because uh, Mari, too. What about, isn't Oprah from this area? She, I don't know if she's from here, but she got her start on WJZ, which is like the most popular local news station. Yeah. I didn't know Ricky Lake was so fat back then, either. Yeah, I I sort of (laughs) vaguely knew she was sort of known for that, but actually, a little tidbit is she lost so much weight dancing and getting ready for the part that she had to gain weight again really? to be the character <laughs> that's funny yeah I thought she did a great job though yeah in it's the a, role it's an all around kind of good movie um I personally I like all the little local quips in the movie like like if you ask uh we're from like the city county line so predominantly white a lot of black people though I mean it's pretty mixed yeah. in this area but I mean if you ask a general person here you want to go to like North Avenue or something they will look at you like you have five heads and be like why would you ever want to be there they even in this movie they're like North North Avenue what are you going down there for yeah so that, I thought that was neat and they definitely get into the social commentary with the race relations in oh Baltimore yeah at the time and that I enjoy that too. Yeah, the uh, what is it, an amusement park or something like that, where there's an issue with black people being there. Uh, I can't. Yeah, but it there's something the along the lines of that where that is actually a true story. There used to be this little amusement park in Baltimore County, and they were, I guess, back then it was more so black people lived in the city and white people lived in the county, and there's culture clash. I mean, this is the '60s. This is civil. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, civil rights and all this. This is something that happened, you know. Absolutely. And uh, and Ricky Lake is just all about what the hell. We're yeah. We're I, I really like that uh, part of the movie. It's yeah. just sort of like we're all people. Yeah. What does it matter? I like how dance can bring them bring it together. Yeah, there's always a something that can bring everyone together. Music, sporting, dance, events. sports. Yeah. You know. It is funny how. A competi- competition brings people together. Yeah.
And the Ricky Lake character, I mean, she can pretty much side with them, uh, the black people, because she's picked on for being different too. She's fat. She's yeah. uh, outcast, you know. And, and that's another thing. It's sort of, and wow, just, we're both picked on at school or whatever it may be because we're different, different in yeah. some way, shape, or form, which is kind of crazy. It's just crazy how, like, they used to teach at school. Everyone's the same, but everyone's different or whatever it is. It's kind of condescending, condescending, but yeah. Um, yeah, but then when you're doing something you love, you fit in, you forget about everything. Yeah. You're accepted. It's like as soon as people realize you're good at something, they can just forgive it all because they just want to watch you do this thing or... Yeah, and by the way, we're getting bogged down with the subject a little bit, but like I said, I think this was a much more relevant topic at the time. At the time, yeah, yeah. 20 years ago. I mean, it came out the year I was ago. born in 88, but it was about the 60s, mm -hmm. and kind of that generation of people were older, and were, no, like 30s or so at that point. But. It also gets into, like, stage moms. The what's uh, the other like the prissy girl? Her mom is like, yeah, keep practicing. Sort of um, like the Texas uh, pageant moms yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like where's the line? Of course, point. you want to push your kids to be good, but yeah, when is it being about yourself and when are you being cruel? So much overbearing parents, and I like how divine kind of turns into that once Ricky Lake's character yeah. starts being good at it and getting popular. She turn, starts to turn into like an overbearing stage mom too. It's just funny how fast your whole idea can change. I like, like how John Waters takes these uncomfortable subjects and is so matter of fact about them in his movies. If Crybaby, not quite as much um, Pecker I haven't seen many of his movies really it, Pecker used to come on like TV a lot and it's about like a Pink photography flamingos. person yeah Pink Flamingos was very controversial at the time what's the one where Divine like eats her own shit or something it eats a uh, dog shit okay like, actually <laughs> yeah. ate dog shit I don't get it for, <laughs> I don't I've never actually watched that movie um, there's another one with Johnny Depp or not Johnny Depp I'm sorry that's Crybaby um, Johnny Knoxville yeah. yeah. The name of it I can't think of off the top of my head, but it's about sex. It is not a good movie, by the way. But for us, it's the actual area we grew up in. It's about that. It's about Harford Road. It's literally right down the street. It was shot. Yeah. Parkville Shop Center and all that. I. I see houses like it's weird to see in. yeah it's, it's so very close odd. to him in the movie how about they remade this movie with John Travolta as the divine character I I'll give John Travolta credit for doing it and keeping it the same in a way but I it wasn't I didn't see the remake but just seemed like a glossy yeah it <laughs> That's exactly what I was looking for. I had actually seen it. Sand away all the edges. Yeah, you know. it was just very. And how instead we push of this how, on girls and I don't know. But instead there was of how, a cash grab. And instead of how divine is like, just it, it's right there. What 
transgender right in front of you is what it is. Yeah. But John Travolta's, it's a, they make it into like a joke. It's, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, uh, it's John Travolta dressed as a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not to mention, a lot of these movies are more so about the area than they are about the characters. And for whatever reason, Baltimore movies seem to do that. And the remake is made like Montreal or something like that. A small little area that happens to have rooms. But I don't know. Baltimore's kind of famous for, or in the 60s, famous for marble steps and beehive haircuts. And Which, by the way, if you're ever here, that is not real. The whole <laughs> Hun thing. Like, don't get me wrong, older people do say Hun a lot. Yeah. Hey, Hun, and all that, but. There's only like, one small area of Baltimore that relates with this particular thing. It's really just because of a restaurant that kind of shoves it down your throat. It's just, uh, what do you call it? Sort of a genderfied thing now. Like, it was a legitimate thing in the 60s, and now it's just sort of this attraction to bring people that would never come to the city there. There's like a hunt fest or something like that, but. Yeah. It's sort of a misrepresentation. I feel like that is probably how what's happening everywhere, though, because older people are keep... Back then, everything was... You only were around these people for the most part. But yeah. now with the internet and everything, people hear all different people talking from all over the world, so I feel like it's eventually it's slowly like just everyone is going to have the same accent eventually. Yeah, and the, the whole... The younger you get, the, the less accent. The thing is... And there's... Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's... If you're ever in that area, it's like the restaurants and stuff were kind of gentrified, but the area isn't. Like, they don't particularly like the whole stereotype that everyone talks. They do have a little bit stronger of a Baltimore accent. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I don't purposely mean to do it. I do have some, I say wash. I put an R in uh, things like that. Blair, huh? Blair. Yeah. Baltimore. Blair. When I say Baltimore, when I think about it like that, it's not as evident, but you kind of put together. Yeah. The girl, this girl, Julia from Germany, we were sort of not dating, but like talking. She visited me and after she was here, she spoke great English, by the way. When I would talk to my brother, She'd have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> Partially weird. because of slang and mostly she said it was chewing gum English. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have much else. Yeah. Again, um, lighthearted, I mean, yeah, lighthearted, fun movie. Not much really else to say about it. Wasn't yeah. a whole lot of plot going on. I mean, she goes and she does the thing. It's sort of a feel-good musical in a way. Yeah, and it's a, but in terms of musicals, it's apparently one of the best. Like it's on classic. a lot of lists. Yeah, I would give it a seven and a half out of ten. A ten. What would you give it? Uh, I went with the same thing, a seven and a half out of ten. Cool, cool. Yeah, I would recommend it if you haven't seen it. Check it out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like we don't like musicals, but. It's a decent movie. It's worth a watch, for sure. Speaking of not liking musicals, I don't know if I would say, in general, I don't like any musicals or I don't like musicals. Because there are definitely some that I enjoy quite a bit. Yeah. But if 
I'm going out to the movies, and there's a horror movie, an action movie, a comedy, and a musical. <laughs> uh, musical probably the last one I pick. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's that I don't like musicals. I just feel like sometimes the music gets in the way of my interest in the plot or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, it's just not my style. It's not what I watch movies. not exactly what I look for in movies. I'm looking for... I don't know, it's a mood or a tone. And I feel like sometimes the musicals, it just, it kind of drags that out and puts it all on Front Street with, Yeah. I don't I, know how to explain it exactly, but I don't know. I kind of like getting lost in movies, and sometimes I feel like the songs pull me out of the world a little bit. Mm-hmm. And unless the music's really good, or unless it's like a Disney animated movie where... They have, like, Aladdin. They have songs or Lion King intercut. They're actually pretty good, you know? Yeah, there's but, a handful of movies that I actually think the music made the movie better. Yeah, definitely. Like, otherwise, it's just... Sometimes it feels a bit forced, I feel like. Yeah. It's like and we have to put this much music in to consider ourselves a musical or whatnot. But, yeah, I, I get that sense at times, too, but... Yeah, I mean, for me, on our top five musicals, I decided not to put any of those animated Disney movies, anything like that, just because, I don't know, they don't feel like musicals to Yeah, me. I, I agree with you. I did the same thing on my list as well. And that's another thing about this list is, what the fuck is a musical? <laughs> what do you consider a musical? And... What is just a movie that has a couple songs in it or a couple, you know? Yeah, there's one small exception I made in my list, but I didn't put it actually in the top five. I gave it a shout. Yeah. So. I mean, let's just give it a whirl. <laughs> What's your number five? I went with Grease. Grease? Okay. Johnny, I, Tr- Johnny T. Yeah, it's more out of... It's not that I love the movie. It's kind of a respect I haven't be, seen it in so long. My mom loved it. I know, like some rants feel the same way. It, it's it's a pretty iconic movie. Yeah. So I can respect it for that. But it's I didn't grow up in the fifties. I'm really not into musicals, and I don't know what else to say about that. But it's not a bad movie, though. I have seen I, it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. But I don't know. Whole again. And it's musical. like the only time period where I respected John Travolta. Yeah. It was in his earlier like days. Saturday Night like, Saturday Night Fever? Yeah, Fever. Never saw that. But uh, Pulp Fiction, like, in his younger days. Wait, I don't know how Pulp Fiction is. A little little bit later. later, later. Let's just say when he got blurted, (laughs) his acting must have. uh, (laughs) He started doing, like, B movies and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. And I'll get into John Travolta a little bit more later when I talk about what else I watched. (laughs) Believe it or not. Alright, well, what's your number five? My number five is The Wizard of Oz. Okay. I'm off to see that wizard. (laughs) Uh, It's a classic movie. Absolutely. Everybody, I'm sure, has seen it at least five times. Just just seems like something that's ingrained no matter what your age. It's one that's timeless. Yeah, I agree. It's on my list, but uh, I'll wait till we get there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I... think it's a good story. I've actually rewatched it recently to show it to my daughter and, and she enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as I remembered liking it as a kid, but it's definitely definitely still has its merits. I believe it was one of the first movies that was in color. Um, yeah, I think it was the first. <laughs> and that might be the case. 
Um, I had minor issues with it, but yeah, it's, it holds up as a classic. Just not uh, one of my favorite movies of all time or anything. Yeah. Number four? Number four, I put Into the Woods. All right. I mean, my musical knowledge is kind of limited, but I did. I enjoyed the movie, so I figured it deserved a spot. Man, you really do hate musicals. <laughs> I just haven't really seen a lot. Yeah. And like I said, it's my last pick of a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> well, my number four is Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of... Something yeah, strange. we were talking. I haven't seen the movie. I, it's one I've actually wanted to see. Yeah, I just talked shit on Johnny Depp a little while ago, and put him in your top five. This is one. <laughs> this is one of his recent movies that actually I thought he was great in, and he sings in it, and he does a pretty decent job of it. But really, and it's Tim Burton, your boy. <laughs> uh, it's one of these dark musicals, though. This is a suicidal, murdering... Not suicidal, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Murderous Barber, like the title of the movie says. and It's also darkly funny. You have um, Sasha Baron Cohen in it, doing his thing, and Helena Botham Carter doing her thing. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, all these three-name people. And... Uh, yeah, the the music's good, the story's good. It's funny, it's dark, it's it's it comes recommended to me. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I think it is know. on Netflix. Oh, okay. So, all right. Uh, what are we on? Three. Three. My number three is The Wizard of Oz. There it is. <laughs> and we've talked about it already. So, have you seen it recently? Um, it's been a few years, but I've yeah. seen it. I mean, we used to watch it when we were younger. Oh, of course. Where I'm coming from there recently. But, and I never <laughs> Did you saw see the them, remake? No. Or the prequel or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. I didn't it's... realize there were more than one book or whatever. About right. It, so. Oz the Great and Powerful with James Franco. He was one of the better parts, but yeah, that movie was not very good. The most I saw of it was it was on at Walmart when I was shopping for my TV. <laughs> the best I could say about it is it's very colorful. Yeah, that's a lot of green, it seemed. Yeah. I actually enjoyed the bright colors, but I feel like they're Oh, the style. I liked it. Yeah. Those effects and all that. The bright colors yeah. are distracting you from everything else. <laughs> uh, my number three is Little Shop of Horrors. Have you ever oh, seen okay. that? Yeah, I mean, long. I couldn't See tell you more. anything about it. Uh, this is the comedy musical... Uh, starring the guy from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I forget his name off the top of yeah. my head. But... Alright. Yeah, now I'm trying to remember it, but he's also <laughs> Egon. No, he wasn't. He was the guy from uh, Ghostbusters. The... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been... Was he? he Rick Moranis is his name. That was a great pull of my, <laughs> my brain. Uh, but this is where he gets a man-eating plant that sings and and grows and it's it's really funny great music Steve Martin is a insane dentist in the movie <laughs> great cameos or was it Bill Murray I know Steve Murray Steve Murray Steve Martin and I, I it's been a while yeah but I, I saw it when I was very young it's got a pretty good cast is what I'm trying to say <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, losing my mind here as we go on it seems yeah this has been a rough episode I'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah but what's your number two? 
Um, I cheated a little bit on my number two, but um, I put Hairspray and Crybaby because they're both John Waters movies. Honestly, Crybaby has more to do with Grease, but I enjoyed Crybaby more. Yeah. So, I mean, I just... Never seen Crybaby. It's, um, it's Johnny Depp. checking out? It's, oh, yeah. I mean, forget the total plot in it all, but he has this nickname of Crybaby because he's sort of like the bad boy that the girls love with a little bit of a sensitive side. It's, it's kind of similar to Grease in that respect. <laughs> and we just talked about the classic hairspray. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of give John Waters a nod. Yeah. And all that, you know. Hairspray gets an honorable mention for me. Okay. Uh, number two for me is School of Rock. This is right. the Jack Black movie where he's a, becomes a teacher at a middle music teacher at a middle school or high school or or a school, and he he just teaches them how to rock, and they're always leading up to the the competition at the end. Yeah, and this is sort of where we get into what exactly is a musical because yeah. I sort of had it, but. I like the animated Disney movies. I left it off because it is a movie about music, but I wasn't quite sure if it in met it. our standards, so I left it off my list, and then we talked about it later. But It's on mine. <laughs> <laughs> but it made the list. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love the movie, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's a really fun movie. It would absolutely be probably my number two as well. It's just a blast, and Jack Black... One of his best movie performances. He's totally. hilarious, and it just fits him so much. Doesn't he remind you of Uncle Jim a little bit? Oh my God, I, I've told I've this always to said many that. people. Yeah, he's, Uncle Jim is a funny guy who is good at music as well. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of looks like him a little bit. He, it's strange. Yes, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, yeah, School of Rock is a classic. What's your number one musical of all time? My number one musical of all time is number one by a long shot. Leaps I mean, and Bounds? Yeah, it's just not even in the same vicinity. Yeah, is the rest of my list. And it is, I'll finish every sentence from now on. All right, I like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Across the universe. Oh, honorable mention. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, it was the one... And also, I want to say, I was not into the Beatles what? going into this movie. I mean, I knew who they were, I was respecting them, it was older music, but I loved this movie. Like, I could watch this a lot. Like, I liked the music, I liked the general premise of the story. Again, the 60s seems to be a popular topic, but it's not like the 60s, like Hairspray and all this. It's more about, like, Vietnam and... Yeah. Other things. See, I definitely enjoyed the movie. I am a huge Beatles fan, one of my top five, top three bands of all time. And I really love a select few of the songs. Like, I actually like a couple of the versions in Across the Universe better. Yeah. I, w- I want to say, but overall, I just feel like it didn't come full circle for me. I definitely. Can now, see where you're coming from. Though. I have heard that people that like the Beatles don't necessarily love this movie because it's not the Beatles singing, and it's oh, that, more electronics sort of in the music. Like I really love the rendition of Revolution. In yeah, the, in the I, I mean, I like the Across the Universe song to be basically you know, to me. <laughs> to me, it felt like. Um, 
an American Idol movie. You know, like yeah. there's these are good, good performances, but they're kind of auto tuneish a little bit. Yeah, but I just uh, we're not a music show, but my personal opinion on it is yes, people do use auto tune and all our little special effects, but it's still relevant. Like the electric guitar at one point was cheating or I don't know what the heck they used to think of it I'm with you for the most part you know what I mean I just think it's a natural evolution of whatever just culture and technology but I just want to say that I like these songs so much for the movie that it made me go back and listen to the actual Beatles and made me respect them that much more so it actually got me into the Beatles some people sort of feel the opposite or not that it made them not like the Beatles but it made them dislike the songs in the movie word (laughs) (laughs) my number one is Once have you seen this you have to see this it's uh, there's this Irish rock band called The Frames Um, apparently I had never heard of them until (laughs) after I saw this movie and started looking into everything but they're this huge, most popular rock band ever in Ir- from Ireland, and apparently, I don't know. And the lead singer, Glenn Hansard, he this is his first movie he ever started. He's the main character, uh, like a down-on-his-luck musician who just comes across paths with this woman, Marquetta Iglova, and then they start playing music together, and it's like magical. And they record this album, and it's amazing. But it just never gets romantic between them. It's just like they're perfect as this band, you know. But in the end, they they just go their separate ways. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, but the music is so fucking good. I actually went and saw... they In real life, Glenn Hansard and Marquette Glover, they actually did get together and not go their separate ways. And, and they started their own band, The Swell Season, and... They went on tour with some songs from the movie, some new songs. I actually went and saw them at the Meyer Hoff house, you know, in the city. And it was awesome. Like, the guy has such an amazing voice. It's really cool, like, rock. I've heard of them now. Rock folk songs. Yeah. But, uh, fantastic. Charlie really likes them. Really? Yeah. And, uh, the movie itself, I mean, it's a good movie, don't get me wrong. But it was the discovery of this music. That really <laughs> made, me, made me love it. You know. Yeah, sort of how I felt about Across the Universe. Yeah, I guess so. There's symmetry there. Uh, I have a couple of honorable mentions. Frank, this is a movie with Michael Fassbender that's on Netflix instant right now. Yeah, I've He's seen the, it all in there. The guy with wears a, style, like a, a plastic head, a giant <laughs> yeah. head over his. Weird movie. And me and Casey have talked about it in the past, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. Especially the final scene, it was incredibly powerful. Like the rest of the movie was just okay to me, and then that final scene, I was like, "Good movie." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have the Blues Brothers, uh, classic comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Willy Wonka in a Chocolate Factory, the original. Okay. Mary Poppins and Singing in the Rain, just a couple classics that are enjoyable. All right. I had a uh, School of Rock. Which... It's not a musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was when I, the Blues Brothers I didn't even think of till I came over here 
So that got a nod. I'm going to um, hide my notes a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but the kind of weird one I got is South Park. Because not that it's a musical, but in their movie, in a, there is a, music in a it. few of their actual episodes are musicals. Yes. I They do really well. Um, I can't remember what this guy's name are, but they really do. Matt music. Parker and Trey Stone? Or yeah. Trey Parker really and the, Matt Stone, I mean. It specifically, I had written down the Mormon episode, and uh, in one of the first couple seasons, there's like the elementary school, uh, I don't know what the actual name of the episode is, something along those lines, the elementary school musical, and then the Big Live and Uncut, they have a couple songs. Yeah, there. yep. Uh, I love the movie, the South Park movie, but I never really, I've seen a few episodes of South Park, but I never got into it too much. Oh, really? That's... I'm sure I would like it. Yeah. It's just it's... something I never really... It went from being funny about because of toilet humor and just being so Mr. out there Hanky. to being actually like relevant and making fun of current events. Yeah. And I... Really, really, really like the Mormon episode. I think it's hilarious. The one, if you're Mormon, I apologize. Like nothing against you guys, but I just thought it was hilarious the way they put. And that then they have together. a musical now that's like uh, all about the Mormon thing. That yeah, musical. well, there's an episode. I don't know. There's an episode of the South Park that it kind of tells the story of how the religion came to be. They lampoon it, of course. Yeah. Well, they do lampoon everything. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I remember watching the episode where the Mongolians knocked down the city wall. Yeah. <laughs> that stands out to me. But, well, uh, the Mormon episode, kind of interesting thing is the Mormon episode kind of directly led to the guy who did Chef leaving. Because it wasn't necessarily about the Mormon episode that he had an issue with, but they tried to do the same thing with Scientology. And he was a Scientologist <laughs> and had a huge issue with it. And he was like, how... They were like, how can you make fun of these other people and not be willing to take a shot at yourself? You yeah. know? And it, I don't think it was pretty because they had a couple episodes where they killed Chef off. And <laughs> Oh, that was a great segue because let's get into what else we watched. I watched the Scientology documentary. Documentary. <laughs> documentary. Uh, Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief. That aired on HBO this past week. What'd you think of it? Very, very interesting. Yeah. Really well done. Did you watch it? No, I haven't actually seen that, but I have seen some other things on the Scientology. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy, Alex Gibney, he interviews a bunch of people that were into Scientology and then got out of it. And now they're talking, they're willing to give up the, the goods, you know. Yeah. Paul Haggis, a, a director who directed Crash, which won Best best picture like a couple actors actresses and wow it's fucking crazy <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's almost a little hard to believe that people it's not are... just a wacky religion it's like a cult where they have slavery and child labor and it's essentially it's kind of a way tax exemptions get a word on taxes and yeah take tax money exemptions but i mean they have footage of fucking tom cruise like Saluting L. Ron Hubbard, and yeah. I mean, wow, it just was bizarre. And it, speaking of John Travolta, I said I would bring him up again, and here it is because the yeah. thing that stood out to me in this movie, besides all the, the crazy stuff, was 
They said uh, John Travolta, since he was had connections with Scientology and all, when he was coming up, he never tried out for a movie or a commercial or anything, auditioned for anything that he didn't get. Anything he went for, he got it. Yeah. And that's how he gets his huge career, because of that. <laughs> like, commercials to Welcome Back, Cotter, to so on and so forth. Pretty crazy. Yeah. But, uh... Man, it's just crazy. I love Tom Cruise as an actor, and seeing this, I'm like, I can't like yeah. this guy anymore. <laughs> I cannot like this guy. But as an actor, I still respect him. <laughs> I yeah. guess I got interested in the subject when, before Anonymous became this really big thing, whatever. That was what their thing was. They went after Scientology. The, really, the more they went after him. The way Scientologists acted, it kind of exposed them yeah. to this point, basically where they're at. Yeah, and I would recommend it to people. I give it a seven and a half out of ten. If it sounds interesting at all to you, it probably will be. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you watch? Um, I watched most of the show Turned, Washington Spies. I don't want to give quite give that a um, rating yet. I haven't seen the last episode. Gotcha. Seems to be the last episode of the season. Is make or break AMC show. show about AMC, the... yeah. Good quality. It's about a real-life spy ring during the Revolutionary War for uh, George Washington and the British. Um, all I'll say is I takes a few episodes to kind of get into it, but I have enjoyed it so far. So. Cool. It's on Netflix. Nice. Well, I did talk about Going Clear, which is a document. <laughs> I keep wanting to say documentary. documentary. <laughs> I'm going to make up a... A new nickname. <laughs> uh, I went on a little bit of a documentary <laughs> kick. <laughs> documentary kick. And I watched also Varunga, which is on Netflix I've as well. I've seen the beginning of that. I haven't uh, gotten the time to watch the whole thing. This is a Oscar-nominated documentary <laughs> <laughs> about uh, this wildlife, um, well, I don't know, preserve in uh, Virunga, Africa. And yeah, it's, it's sort of like the equivalent of a national park here. Yeah, and it's basically just the fight that these people are trying to have to protect this area from invaders who are trying to get oils and take over the land for their own needs. And it's just basically all it is is about the battle back and forth. But what's great about it is it's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. It's, oh, absolutely. It's like the shots that they get, man. It's so cinematic yes. for a... Uh, Especially documentary. For documentary, you know. And, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's kind of um, heartbreaking and it touches you. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? the, you look at these apes, these gorillas, man. They're, and they're so, so similar. And the sh again, the shots that they get, how they're so close and you really get to feel like what it would be like to be there, I feel like. Cause yeah. This movie's like half um, animal movie and half like political war movie yeah and the way it combines it it was really cool I thought and even later on how they switched gears to like the perspective of the people doing the invading at times and like crazy yeah, crazy it's sort of like not a bad there's not a bad guy on either side but the, I, I mean the one side feelings, seems worse but, but I mean they're um they have the there's reasons. a reason why people are like that in the big the whole gorilla thing, like I said, I haven't seen it totally, but the whole killing gorillas and 
the whole thing with the park, I totally agree with you, but usually there's kinds of, um, I don't know what you call those people. We'll, we'll call them rebels for, right. for a better term. They're usually rebels for a reason, you know what I mean? Like They're not rebels without a cause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're the good guys in their head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's sort of like... Uh, like one man's terrorist is another man's hero type thing. But I agree with you. It's more yeah. on the other side is. But yeah, I enjoyed the movie because just it's just it was crazy to me the access that they were able to get. Yeah, and it really was amazing. Seven and a half out of ten again. I see. I have trouble rating documentaries. Yeah, it's sort of they're on their own scale. Yeah, right? for me, seven and a half means. A definite recommend. So that's yeah. kind of my default. Slightly above average. And that's my default when it comes to a movie that I would recommend it and I really enjoyed it, but I just it didn't hit that next level for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I have an issue sometimes with myself with my ratings because I get so mad, especially at video games, how no one ever gives anything less than a six, and if it's less than a Game six, it's stuff. insanely bad. Yeah. Like it's sort of like, why do you have out of ten if? I know. You try to use the full range, but then you never do. <laughs> yeah. And what's your next thing? Um, the only thing really worthwhile that I completely watched was Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods. Woo! <laughs> uh, kind of a, something I was interested in when I was in like, middle school. When, uh, I still like anime, but um, it did make me realize how, uh, lack of a better term, childish in a way Dragon Ball Z is. I just, I didn't, re it's been so long since I watched it, I just remember it being this badass show, and it's kind of goofy, and at a younger audience, but it was a pretty good movie, it's, if Dragon Ball GT never happened, and Goku is training and all, and this guy who sleeps for like 60 years at a time wakes up, and he's the god of destruction or something like that, and he finds out about Goku, and comes and challenges him, and... Uh, the thing I liked about it was it wasn't the typical outcome of a normal Drag Ball Z. He didn't, not giving too much away, he doesn't lose, but he definitely does not win either. Uh -huh. He is fighting an actual god. <laughs> and they kind of allude to at the end of the movie that there might be another one. Yeah. So, um, I always enjoyed <laughs> it, you know. Yeah, I remember there was one movie where it's like Goku goes into this place and he has to kill these three different people. I always like Cell Saga the best. Yeah. Because Gohan was my favorite character and that was the only time he wasn't wasted. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the um, Frieza Saga too, but towards the end of that, like they literally say in the show, this planet's got five minutes where it blows up. 25 episodes later it finally like ends yeah. and I'm it's almost not an exaggeration um I always loved Dragon Ball it's the first I remember Dragon Ball the first Dragon oh, Ball I meant when I was younger <laughs> but like it was on an odd channel not something I followed but uh Dragon Ball Z was the first cartoon I realized that had a storyline episode to episode except the thing that pissed me off so bad it's ten minutes of what happened last time. Then yeah. there's two minutes of new stuff, and then like a preview for the next episode. And back when this show used to come out, it wasn't like today where there's just full access and 
They used to put out like 10 episodes at a time, translate it, and they would restart the saga. Yeah. And you would get this, you know, 10 minutes of an intro <laughs> yeah. and all this, and it would build up, and then nothing would happen, and then you had to wait like six months for the next 10 episodes to right. become available on Cartoon Network, or <laughs> extremely frustrating back then. But yes, it was. At least it's come around now, I guess, but... <laughs> I give it a, I give it a seven. It's, the movie sucked. I give it a seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it didn't blow my mind, but it was good animation and past the time. It actually, and even the humor was actually kind of good. Like I didn't think I would like it at first. But. Yeah. So the rest is all me. Yep. Here we go. Take a <laughs> deep breath. Let's continue the documentary. Documentary. Uh, Street going with The Overnighters, also on Netflix. I believe also was nominated for uh, Best Documentary at the Oscars. This is a movie about... In North Dakota, apparently there's this big boom with jobs because uh, some kind of fracking. Fracking, yeah. Yeah. And it's just about all these people. They're just droves of people picking up and leaving and going there because they know apparently the jobs are there you could get a hundred thousand dollar paying job basically it's snap of a finger yeah and I think taxes are fairly low up there or something, something like that. yeah but the problem is when they get there housing is jacked up because all the people know uh, okay so they can't like live anywhere they're running out of places to live so the movie centers on this guy this minister or this uh this priest, uh, he's just a guy. What's the main guy at a church? Minister. Um, it depends what kind of Christianity it is, but I mean, Catholics, it's a father. It could be a I pastor. It, it could be a minister. Maybe I think it's pastor. Let's yeah. go with pastor. Okay. Whatever it is, he's the like the head of this church, and and he has gone out of his way to let people live in his like sleep in his church, sleep in the in their cars in his parking lot. People living in his house with his family, his daughters. And the interesting thing about the movie is just the struggle of this town. How there are criminals coming. Like, because anyone can get these jobs as long as you're able to do the work. Yeah. There are criminals, sex offenders. At a certain point, there's a sex offender living in his house with his daughters there. Jeez. And it's like, he means well. You know, it's basically about him versus the town. I'm not doing it justice talking about it, but it was an awesome documentary. Just so character-based, you know, just the story. And it it really draws you into what's going on. It's very, very well done. I would heavily recommend it. Give it an 8.5 out of 10. Nice, I'm definitely going to watch it. I love documentaries myself. (laughs) Documentaries? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last documentary I watched is The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. Which the title's is, gotten sold. Again, on Netflix. Uh, this is a documentary about Studio Ghibli during, oh. during yeah. the making of The Wind Rises and The Legend of... Uh, the other one that's coming out soon on DVD. But basically it just is... Un- Untold to that point, access for this documentary director <laughs> to not get down, but I can't stop it. To put it in the dictionary, folks. Get real. Uh, but she has unlimited access to 
the studio and it's basically just follows Hayao Miyazaki and his process and the whole group is just as he's making this movie and it's a real laid back feel to it it's nothing like that's going to blow you away and if you're not a fan of Studio Ghibli films are you? Oh, like The Wind fan. Rises no, yeah that's I loved it that's probably my favorite one I haven't seen that one actually it's probably my favorite uh, Spirited Away, Ponyo. Yeah. The list goes on. Spirited Away is one of my favorites. Maybe one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, but it, he's a very interesting guy, Hayao Miyazaki. He's actually kind of depressed and a cynical dude. Yeah. Um, but if you're a fan of these those movies, it's really interesting and cool just to see like where they're doing this work and how it's done. Very cool. But Did they um, say how recent this was filmed or anything like that? I want to say 2012. Oh, okay. Because so, um, they sort of kind of went out of business. Yeah, they're out of business pretty much. Yeah, they're doing short, basically. Because he retired. Yeah, they're and, doing shorter things. They're not doing like feature movies, but mm-hmm. like people were really up at arms and he was just like, I got that name from a little, uh, what is it? Like an a plane company or something like that. Yeah, and he built that place from nowhere, basically. Yeah, and he was just like, it's just a name. It's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, but yeah, if you're not a fan of those movies or you haven't seen them, it's not going to do much for you, but I enjoyed it. Seven, right. seven and a half out of ten. Definitely put that on. Patented two and a half. Um, let's see, I went to the movies this week. It was off on Monday. I took my daughter Mackenzie to see Spongebob. Sponge Out of Water, the Lucky you. the new SpongeBob movie. Uh, <laughs> I actually was looking forward to it because I just I always enjoyed watching SpongeBob the oh, television really? show on Nickelodeon, and the previews made it seem like it's going to be a little bit different. It's not just going to be like the first SpongeBob movie, a long episode of the show. This made it seem like they get out of water, they turn into superheroes, like all this different. A yeah. different feel to it, and it seemed interesting to me, so that's why I was like, yeah, let's go see it. Bullshit. <laughs> it's just a really long episode of the show, and then the last 10 minutes or so, 10, 15 minutes, is basically what you saw in the trailer Jeez. when I get out of water. Sort of, that's how I felt about the Family Guy movie. It was yeah. three episodes crammed into the same episode. Yeah. So. And, and it wasn't bad. I mean, there was some witty humor, and it, it was enjoyable. But Spongebob is so fast-paced and so, like, sporadic and cut, 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 you know, joke, joke, joke. It's so... The style of it is perfect for a 20-minute on Nickelodeon. But when you stretch it to an hour and a half, it wears you down, (laughs) you know? And I... It it was just okay to me. I was disappointed. I actually liked the first Spongebob movie better. I've never been really into Spongebob, but... But I like, I'm pretty sure it was like John Storch, someone in the Daily Show that said this. I, I could be wrong on the show, but they said like cartoons back when they were growing up, there was beer humor. And they were saying how it's funny, how it's uh, it's basically like ecstasy humor nowadays. It's so fast paced. Yeah, like Adventure Time and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Definitely. Not worth checking out in theaters, at least. It <laughs> might be better on DVD. I also watched Horrible Bosses 2. Sequel to Horrible Bosses. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that. You saw the second one? Yeah. What'd you think? 
Yeah, nowhere near the first one. No. Uh, it's got its parts, but... Yeah. yeah. This one is... Um, now they're trying to start their own company. They're their own bosses. Basically tries to turn it on its head, but... Uh, Chris Pine, again, uh, he's in this. He's like the heir to this multi-multi-million dollar company, and they're going to buy the product. Yeah, I kind of liked his character. Oh, he was about. great, actually. Yeah. He's probably the best part of the movie, Chris Pine. He was... It was uh, a different role for him, but it worked. He, yeah. was, he was funny and and oily, sneaky. I, I think I respected this movie a little more than I liked it. Um, just, I didn't feel like it was a cash grab. Mm, I and did. I, I really did. I, I felt like their heart was in the right place, but it didn't work out. But I just respected that they, they tried to do it, not like how, even though I really enjoyed Hangover 2. They tried to make it not necessarily punch for punch, but... Yeah, that's true. Like, you know what I mean? They, that's like true. you said, they tried to turn it on its head a little bit. Yeah, and they it didn't could just... have worked out, theoretically, but it just... The only part that was like that was when they they go to jail to talk to Kevin Spacey. They, they have Jennifer Aniston's character come back. Yeah. But, yeah, they didn't just redo the first movie again, at least... Yeah, I mean, they, they it had its to get all their characters back. I but. can't say I didn't laugh at times, you know. I It was a decent yeah, comedy. It's a very average yeah. comedy. I get a light 6 out of 10. I mean, I always like Charlie Day. Yeah. He's he's awesome. I probably would have given it a 6, 6.5. It's yeah. been a little while since I watched it. Um, Jamie Foxx is by far my favorite character. In this. <laughs> I mean, Charlie Day. Yeah, I mean, I had a free rental for Redbox, so that's what I used it on. Because oh, I had okay. pretty much seen everything else that was available. Let's see. Um, I watched Song of the Sea, which I actually just talked about last week when I watched The Secret of Kells, that animated movie. Okay. With the unique style yeah. I was telling you about. And this was the new one that got even better reviews. Not much different for me. I yeah. mean, same old story, basically, as Secret of Kells. Great visual style, unique great score actually uh, the sound design was really good but it's so plot heavy that there's nothing else to grasp onto which just for me is not what I'm looking for a little bit better I would say um, had a little more room to breathe a little more character development but even Brandon Gleason is is in it again like, really. yeah I mean I love Brandon Gleason but it just was weird watching them so close to each other. Yeah. Him voice two different characters. So. But it's worth checking out if you're into animated movies. 7 out of 10. Okay. I mean, I'm, you were really high on the, the other movie. I would, I've still got to watch that one. I give it the same rating, but I put Song of the Sea slightly ahead of Secret of Kills. Yeah, I know what you mean. Sometimes it's like, technically this movie's better, but I have kind of more of an attachment to this one. I saw whatever. that one first. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the other thing is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, a Netflix show. Uh, you know, one of their originals. Yeah. This is the comedy from the creators of 30 Rock about these girls who get rescued from like a. I don't know. It's remember? like an underground bunker. Yeah. Remember that? that story from Ohio where the guy was keeping the girls yeah. in the basement? It's basically a play on that. This is a comedy, a dark yeah. comedy, but it's really lighthearted. I only watched the first episode, but it was enjoyable. I heard okay. a lot of great things about it. It was funny. It was good. 
it's not a show that I'm like gonna binge watch or anything. It's a show that if I have nothing else, yeah, I'll watch another episode of this. Yeah, okay. Since it's on Netflix and it's all there, I'll just watch it I as keep, it comes. I keep seeing it on Netflix and it's your smile or whatever. It just like freaks me. Out. It's pretty good. Like if it was airing on TV, like a, on a weekly basis, I'd have it set to record on my DVR. Okay, but. Some that's the one thing with Netflix having it all at once it's kind of daunting I mean it's only 13 30 minute episodes yeah. but this effect I would have like get into it better if it was a little slower of a process sometimes I feel like they should um, do half seasons or something like that cause I just I know I won't be able to watch all the episodes as fast as I would want to yeah you know I would, I don't know. It's like... I, I mean, I guess it's nice to have the option. Yes. You can do either one. Mm -hmm. I do wish you could do, like, a legitimate playlist. Like, like literally have a playlist. Like, you know how you watch, a, like, CBS or something, and the show, this show, this show, this show. I wish I could set that up so I could watch some of those movies that I don't want to binge out on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, have this episode of Kimmy, you know, that show, and... This episode of House of Cards, and be able to watch one episode of each every night or something like yeah. that. Like I've always thought that'd be a cool idea, but yeah, nitpicking a bit. But <laughs> see, like with a show I love, like Orange is the New Black, I'm like, yeah, give it to me. I'm so glad it's all there because I'm just gonna one after another as soon as I can. But then a certain show like this, where I'm like, my interest isn't that high. It's some shows you gotta digest a little yeah. bit, you know. This isn't necessarily that. Yeah. Right? But. Like Bloodline, which you watched the first episode of. Um, That's the Kyle Chandler movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not movie, show. Yeah. Yeah, that one's even though, like I said, I was watching Turned. Like, I kind of wish I watched the first two episodes and kind of had a minute. Yeah. Because it wasn't until, like, later, while I was watching, I was like, oh, like, okay. Like, I understand how this... I know a bit about history myself, so I mean... Took it a little while to sink in, I guess. But all right, let's get to a new segment of the show, <laughs> uh, where we're going to talk about any big trailers that dropped over the last week or since our last episode. The name is Prejudgment Day. Prejudgment Day. Yep. Thank you very much. About them. Right. Might already be taken, but I'll, I'll clean. <laughs> um. Yeah, so there was two trailers that came out for over the past week that I thought were worth talking about. First one is the new James Bond movie, Spectre, the follow-up to Skyfall. Did you? You're a James I, Bond guy. I I, uh, I loved Skyfall actually. I liked actually. At first, I didn't think this guy was going to be a good Bond, but he's kind of been one of my favorites. Uh, I I think we talked about this. I haven't really seen the older Bonds. But yeah. I do enjoy the movies a lot. I've only seen the the recent ones. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. No, I've never seen any of them. Oh, really? Yeah, I've only seen the Daniel Craig Bond movies, and I've enjoyed them for the most part. Casino Royale is my favorite. Skyfall, probably second, and then Quantum of Solace. But this movie, I don't know about you, but I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. I actually might go, I rarely go to the movies. I think Bond would be a good excuse to get out. I actually, I thought Skyfall was a little overrated. 
I definitely enjoyed it. I think I gave it a seven and a half out of ten, but I felt like it lost steam towards the end. I enjoyed the first half a lot I more. I liked the tone of the movie. Yeah, yeah, that is what I liked, and that's what seems awesome about this new one. His same director, Sam Mendes, and you could I could just tell just from the trailer that it's going to be beautiful to watch. Like he's such a good director when it goes to yeah to shots and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you got uh, what's his face from. Django Unchained and all the Tarantino movies. Chris, um, Christoph Waltz yeah. as the main villain. Love him. One of. I don't know. I can't say he's one of my favorite actors. He hasn't been he's in that in much. A ton, yeah. But yeah. I love his characters. Yeah. And I thought the trailer it was more of a teaser. It was like a minute and a half, but I thought it did a good, did a really good job of setting the tone for what the movie's going to be. I'm looking forward to. It. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just. Um, kind of visualizing it in my head it's I don't know exactly know what it's going to be totally about but again like I like the cinematics and yeah. all that that's that's more so what I'm into at Bond I, I'm a little more forgiving with the stories mm-hmm. generally I do like how they move a little bit away from the Cold War kind of tune mm-hmm. that they've always stuck with the man of the times yeah <laughs> And the second trailer we'll be talking about is Southpaw. This is an Antoine Fuqua movie who directed Training Day and The Equalizer, starring Jake Gyllenhaal as a boxer. And his wife, played by Rachel McAdams, gets shot and killed. And he goes on a downward spiral while he's trying to take care of his daughter. This is all I'm getting from the trailer, by the way. (laughs) And... uh, he has issues, so he goes to try to go back to the boxing world and Forrest Whitaker it looks like he's going to train him up go for another <laughs> shot at the title. I was uh, more impressed with this trailer, actually, than I was with Bond. Really? Yeah. and I'm, I don't dislike him, but I'm not super fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. Like I love him. I have <laughs> Man Crush Central, but... Uh, but I, I was really impressed. He, he obviously put on some muscle. Jesus, yeah, he was jacked. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I do like how he doesn't look like stupid big you know what I mean Vin like, Diesel yeah like boxers don't look like that generally I mean yeah. super heavyweight guys or whatever right, yeah. this seems like it's gonna be pretty stylized movie stylized a little bit grit in there I'm 50-50 on it yeah. I, I saw a lot that I liked like Gyllenhaal it seemed like the story would be pretty good I generally am a fan of boxing movies they seem to have a pretty good hit to miss ratio when it comes to yeah, sports movies. I would say that's my biggest concern. It's just I hope it doesn't miss, like, do something that's been done 10, 20 times. The thing that worries me is 50 Cent was in the movie. Really? Have you ever seen him in a movie? Yeah. He's not a bad actor. <laughs> uh, it seemed like it could be a little glossy for my liking. There are some warning signs, but I, I am looking forward to the movie. <laughs> Basically, just because of Jake Gyllenhaal. Of course. (laughs) But yeah, so now let's move on to the news. Uh, We keep talking about these live-action Disney adaptations, right? Yeah. The latest announcement, Winnie the Pooh live-action movie. (laughs) It never stops. Yeah. I didn't even see this one. That's going to be on my do-not-watch list. (laughs) I'll be seeing it. I have... uh, Three old daughter, another one, another kid on the way. So, all these movies will be in my future. Also, apparently, there's going to be a new season of Full House on Netflix. 
going to be called Fuller House. Aren't like some of the people dead? I don't think so. I think one of the girls is. I could be wrong, I, but I'm pretty sure one of them was like one of the child stars going. Oh no, Stephanie, she was on Crystal Meth for a while. Okay, maybe she's not. She's dead, clean. Though, she's but, back. Okay, she's been on like Pop My Culture. Podcast. I was thinking maybe a uh, Kimmy or something like that. Like I said, I don't Ooh, know. She too might much. be done. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but I loved Full House as a kid. This is interesting. I, to I me. definitely enjoyed the movie myself. Or, Maybe I'm so used to it. Uh, the TV show. Yeah, I don't know how this would work, but uh, how do you get Bob Saget to come back and do that, though? Bob like, Saget, uh, Dave, um, whatever his name is, John Stamos. Yeah, <laughs> the Olsen twins ain't doing nothing. I'm sure they'll come back. Yeah, right. Uh, Just besides being filthy rich. I think it'll be successful, whether it's good or not. People are gonna watch it. Yeah, and Netflix seems to do a fairly good job. But. Yeah. For the most part. Um, last week, or somewhat, one of the recent episodes, I talked about Force Majeure, that movie about a Swedish, French film about a Swede, they're in Sweden. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah the, I remember you telling me about The snow avalanche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The family issues. Well, now they're going to do an English language American remake of it. Sort of like the, uh, the, the was it the dragon Movie oh yeah, girl's dragon sweet. tattoo. Yeah, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is going to star in it. Yeah. You know who she is? Yeah, I... Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah. and Veep. Uh, she's great. I love her. Yeah, but why would you? I don't know. Just from what you told me, it seemed okay. Doesn't seem like it really needs to be remade. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it tends to be the case, but I I feel like they're trying to. They say a lot of Americans probably aren't going to make the leap to watch a subtitle for a movie. And they think it's good enough that it deserves more attention, but I don't know how often it works out. But if you're going to do it, I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus is as good a bet as any to be one of the main characters. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. In the terrible news realm, we have this report. Multiple Transformers sequels and spin-offs are oh, in development. No. <sighs> yeah. Uh, it doesn't really affect me. I, I was never huge into Transformers. Me either. I didn't like any of the movies, really. Me either. So. First one was okay, I thought, but... Wow. They just get worse and worse. If Michael Bay would just make all Transformer movies and not ruin anymore, that'd be cool. That's kind of a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I don't think that it's... The Transformers' fault that these movies are bad. You know, it's yeah. not the property's fault. They're just so generic action. It's Michael Bay's fault. Yeah. Absolutely. So if some of these spin offs or sequels get a real director attached and they can try to do something different, did he then still make two, oh, maybe sorry. I'll be interested. Uh, Ninja Turtles, did he still make He that? was producer, not director. Yeah. But you could definitely see his influence. Because yeah. it sucked for the most part. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to step away from what has made them billions and billions of dollars. They're going to yeah. keep putting out the same bullshit. And I hate this real heavy CGI. I don't think it's heavy at all. What? I feel like it's you can't even feel the weight. Or you mean heavy as in just a ton of it. Uh, yeah. That's okay. I um, would love if it felt heavy. You know. I like how like J.J. Abrams will 
he'll use it, but he'll put it on a real set. You know, and he, like Star Trek. That the Star Trek movies, I kind of enjoyed because I liked the way he directed them. They were actually on location. Yeah, and included. And we'll be talking about Interstellar next week, and Christopher Nolan does a good job with that in that movie as well. Okay. Uh, lastly, Stephen Amell, who is Arrow on the TV show Arrow, Green Arrow. Oh, okay. Uh, he's going to play Casey Jones in the next Ninja Turtle movie. Speaking of that. Oh, that's cool. Um, I don't really... I don't know how I feel about another Ninja Turtles movie, as much as I like the Ninja Turtles. I love the Ninja Turtles, but... As bad as the movies are, I want them to keep coming out. I just want... <laughs> if they can re- resurrect Jim Henson... That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I love Casey Jones. I'm glad he'll be in the next movie. I don't know if... This guy seems too young and blonde to be Casey Jones, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I hope that um Star Wars has a positive effect on these special effects, because I've heard they went back to what they did, puppets, and... Yeah, a little more practical. So, yeah. It looks so much better, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, some of the puppets don't look fantastic, but I think if you... Use a puppet and apply CGI to touch it up. I think it'd be a much more practical approach. Just tends to lend some weight, like I said earlier, to it. You know, I just—it's so even as with as good as CGI is today, it just stands out. I feel like unless it's really well done. Yeah, yeah and it—they yeah. use the right angles and all that stuff, but. Like, sometimes when they make these people, like, they set the CGI person, I don't notice, but when it's a part, a main part of the movie, it seems... When it's interacting with something real, that's yeah. when you can tell. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we are caught up, so we can talk about actually movies that were released last weekend. <laughs> uh, Home, the animated movie from DreamWorks, which got terrible reviews. Didn't matter. Made a lot of money. $52 million. <laughs> At the top of the box office. Uh, I could have saw that instead of Spongebob. Even though I didn't like Spongebob that much, I'm still glad I didn't. <laughs> um, also, the Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart movie, comedy, Get Hard, came yeah. out. Another movie that got terrible reviews and I don't have much interest in. But it made $34 million. Pretty good for a comedy. Yeah. Uh, it's just it got the two biggest names. Yeah. It was bound to do something. Also, on the smaller front, we have Serena, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper, reteaming from Silver Linings Playbooks. And uh, that's not getting great reviews either. And also, the newest Noah Baumbach movie, While We're Young, is hitting limited release, which I'm interested in seeing. It's Ben Stiller and, uh, I want to say, Naomi Watts. Not a big Ben Stiller fan. I'll give him the time. Uh, I won't not watch a movie because he's in it, but uh, I generally think he misses more than he hits. Um, he, I don't know. I like him. And he's, <laughs> and he's sort of Sandlerish, where he has faded. I don't know if he's that bad. He's yet. not. No, I'm, I won't say that he's <laughs> like Adam Sandler. Look, he had Tropic Thunder. Zoolander, he has some yeah, classics. At the same time, I still thought Tropic Thunder, he was probably one of the weaker characters. Really? I liked him a lot yeah. in it. But Jack Black was my least favorite character in it. Eh, yeah, well, maybe I have to agree with you on that. But. 
All right. Well, on Redbox next week, we'll be reviewing Interstellar, like I just mentioned. It will be a Christopher Nolan theme episode with our top five Christopher Nolan movies, as well as a film club review of The Prestige, which my cousin here has not seen. <laughs> He'll rectify that situation, and we'll talk about it. We'll also give a little bit of a review to The Imitation Game. It was nominated for Best Picture, after all, so why not? Also, Wild Card and Outcast, two movies I have no idea what they're about. Are <laughs> Redbox, so rent at your own will. Yeah, that's it for us this week. Thanks for listening. As always, you can email us, the Redbox Report at yahoo.com. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. Joel's on Twitter at at the RBR Joel. Redbox Report Joel is what yeah. it stands for. <laughs> <laughs> and the podcast itself is on Twitter at The Redbox Report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Find us on Stitcher. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but <laughs> on Letterboxd, I'm at The Oreo Report. And as always, thanks for coming out. <laughs> See?